Uh, let's see here. I got to do the had a commercial introduction. Let me do this. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 30th day of July 2016. Uh, Jay Basser, my co-host, he'll he'll be uh, logging in here directly, but in the meantime, we're going to get started. Uh, Our guest speaker today is Gary... uh, How'd you say your last name, Gary? Yeah, Gary LaGrange. LaGrange. Right. Now, uh, he uh, Gary, uh, w- would you uh, kind of introduce uh, uh, your program, uh, the things you're doing here? I know you work with bees, and you're teaching farming, and 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 helping veterans uh, along these lines, which I think is a really a wonderful program you have here. Uh, would you get into that with with the audience out there? Sure. And when I if I get too long winded, just tell me to stop. <laughs> well, uh, and not, of if you have questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my uh, name is Gary Lagrange. I'm uh, I'm retired from the Army. I spent 28 years in the U.S. Army and um, and uh, three tours in Vietnam, two tours in Vietnam, and a year and a half in Laos in special operations there, and. Um, and so I'm a veteran, and I've given my life now for the last uh, eight or ten years to helping veterans uh, find a way. And um, and it's what I love to do and what I'm dedicated my life to do. So um, what, what we're in the process of doing now is finding a pathway for veterans to get into farming. It's, it's for veterans in transitioning military also. And, and uh, we call our organization Service Member Agricultural Vocation Education, or SAVE for short. And we have a website, so if you have an opportunity, uh, take a look at it. It's uh, www.thesavefarm.org. That pretty well describes what we're doing. But to take a step backwards, I think a few years ago, uh, former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates said, that uh, we just can't forget the sacrifices those in uniform and their families have made for us since 1991, long time. He said we must welcome back into our communities those who have served not just with thanks and open arms, but with respect, admiration, and new lives and careers worthy of all they have done for us. And so in my eyes, it's just not good enough to say thank you for your service. I think we need to go a lot further. And so I... I, I, uh, my daughter is a clinical psychologist, and and um, about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, she said, Dad, uh, and she, she specializes in post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, brain injuries. She said, Dad, let's open a training farm for these veterans I'm working with. We, we um, live right near Fort Riley, Kansas, so we have access to a large um, active uh, military contingent. And, of course, we, we uh, work with the Veterans Administration here also. So 
Uh, our plan was to reach out to those service members that were transitioning from the military and also to veterans here in Kansas. Initially, we thought we would open a small farm, but then I attended a couple of conferences and discovered that among the 1,500,000 veterans out there and the 800,000 transitioning uh, military, uh, the Department of Labor found that about 40% of them, 40% of that body, are interested in getting into farming. And, uh, and of course, about depending on which numbers you see, and I just met with the Veterans Administration folks yesterday here, um, the, the numbers, if you look at those that have uh, some anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress, and those that have a physical disability, we're way up almost to 40% in some um, so that's a lot of folks. At the same time, um, I discovered, according to the Department of Agriculture, and I've talked with the Assistant Secretary, the Deputy Undersecretary, and the Undersecretary, and they said, we need a million new farmers in this country in the next 15 years. The average age of a farmer today is approaching 60. 63% of the farms that we have in this country of all types are in the last generation no family uh, to take those farms over. And, and and so here's a tremendous opportunity. I mean, uh, for among those all those veterans and military out there that want to farm and a, and a great national need for for farmers, there's just a tremendous opportunity here for us to uh, to help help these folks out. And so uh, and so we broadened our 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 goals a little bit from a fairly small farm to one that's bigger. And um, uh, what we wanted to do was start with a career orientation to help veterans and military members decide precisely what kind of farming they wanted to get to and then put them right into a program, a workforce development program, to help them get there. And also not only just train them, but, um, but put them out on the farm. There's a sort of four pillars to our program and um, the first is to help them transition. Um, Gerald and I were just talking a minute ago about, about the difficult time for, for these folks, and some of you that are listening may understand that. I sure do. It was a tough transition for me, even after 28 years, to, to leave that culture and find a way in a new one. But to help folks transition, particularly those that have a disability, uh, post-traumatic stress or... Um, the physical disability, to help them move from the military um, culture into the agricultural, right? and then train them in that, train, train them full breadth. I mean, everything from very basic uh, agricultural training to some advanced training. The unique part of all this is that this training farm that we're going to develop will offer therapy that's integrated right into the training. There will even be a clinic on the farm. So transition training therapy and then succession uh, farm bureau and farm credit have agreed to work with us and um, and some more other organizations locally here to find the farmers out there that are willing to take a veteran on their farm to initially work so that they can learn uh, all the details about that specific farm then manage it and one day own that farm and so by the time we run these um, veterans and transitioning military folks through our program, they'll be placed right on a farm where they can start to work and um, and uh, make a living and one day own something uh, of their very own. 
Um, the organization we have, SAVE, S-A-V-E, so Service Member Agricultural Vocation Education, is a 501c3. We're a, a charitable, educational, um, not-for-profit organization. And um, and uh, we've been in existence now as a not-for-profit for about a year. Uh, the initial part of our, when we, yeah, when we thought of this idea, was to run the feasibility check. Let's Let's make sure that what we're doing is the right thing. We talked to people at the highest levels of government. We talked to farmers and veterans. We talked to folks at the university level, all the farm agencies and organizations, and and we got a resounding yes. Something like this is needed. There just isn't anything out there right now for these folks to to learn. Most of the land grant universities do not teach farming. If you don't come from a farm and didn't learn it as a young person, it's pretty tough to uh, it's pretty tough to find a course anywhere that will help you get into it. I will just say that over the past four years, I've worked with directly with transitioning soldiers and veterans, occupational therapists and clinical psychologists, staff, tuition assistance folks, and others in the, in the Department of Defense and VA networks. And, and not once until just recently has agriculture or farming ever been mentioned or recommended as a potential career path. And there is not a uh, cohesive joint program that the Veterans Administration, Department of Defense, Department of Agriculture, Department of Labor, or the Small Business Administration has to help soldiers and veterans into the agricultural workforce. So I think that's a tremendous opportunity. So not only do we have the numbers on both sides, we need farmers, we need to find careers for this 40% or so of veterans that would like to get into farming, but there are no programs, so I say let's build one. So we uh, we put together a vision uh, about two years ago, and uh, our vision was, and we're proceeding well on this vision, to put together at least a 150-plus acre training farm for veterans and active service members, full spectrum, row crops, livestock, orchards, gardens, bee operations, commercial kitchen, allied skills, with all the facilities and equipment that that we would need to um, to train with robust programs of instruction at the apprentice and journeyman level, then farmer mentors or KSU, or, or if they wish during the course, if they find that they would like to go back to college to study some specific area, they can do that. A clinic right on, as I mentioned before, to accommodate the disabled, um, and, and both both those with visible and invisible wounds and open it as soon as possible near Fort Riley and Kansas State University. And Kansas State University is close by here. And so um, we would open this farm to research for both psychological and agricultural purposes. And the plan is to make this first farm a model for all land-grant universities in every state. So eventually there would be a farm like this, a training farm like this, uh, associated with all 78 land-grant universities across the country. And uh, we would have 100 students and family members um, uh, when we're mature. It may not be enough. <laughs> the Veterans Administration just tells us in this area they could give us 400 right now uh, just that would, would start school here. And uh, there's another uh, 40 or 50 at Fort Riley, Kansas, that are transitioning out that would like to come. So... Finding students will not be a problem, that's for sure. So, um, uh, Gary, 
Sure. Uh, um, you know, when you mentioned uh, 501c3, uh, what percentage of, you know, people, if they donate or you get a grant or something, what, what percentage goes to the actual uh, uh, funding of, of the uh, SAVE organization? Uh, right now, it's I mean, 100%. For, for administrative fees and stuff like that, what percentage uh, percentage actually filters down to the veterans? Sure. Uh, right now, it's 100% filters to the veterans. We don't even take money out for gasoline in our cars, or um, all of the people working in the program right now are volunteers. Nobody gets paid. Oh, uh, that's wonderful. So it's 100% uh, at this point. As the farm grows, um, that's probably going to shift a little. But one yeah, of our primary yeah, goals sure. is to keep our overhead to a minimum. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always a good sign. I'm surprised that uh, uh, agriculture, uh, because I deal a lot with agriculture up in Nebraska, and uh, uh, that they haven't uh, uh, got some kind of organization or grant uh, 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 for uh, programs like this. Well, they do have a cattle cattle in western uh, Nebraska. They have a cattle farm where they train um, anyone who wants to train, not just veterans, but the, where they train uh, cattle operations, cow-calf, feedlot, uh, those operations. And, and uh, we've just begun a relationship with the University of Nebraska, and uh, they're very interested in what we're doing, and they'd like to be one of the next ones to build the same kind of farm that we're doing. I think uh, some oh, of them are waiting to, to work beside us, and once we get this one built and working right and learn um, how this farm really ought to be set up, then then they'll come in pretty quickly right on our heels. Oh, that's great. You're setting up a good, good deal here, especially for veterans. I mean, uh, for a veteran, especially one with PTSD, I, I can... I can uh, really visualize them working on a farm. It, it teaches them patience and, and uh, you know, uh, of course, you got to make hay when the sun shines. But yep. uh, sometimes you rush, but other times you're not, and you can work your own pace, and that's the good thing about it. Yeah, that's that's what we found. Found I have a an interim program that we've been been using. I can talk to in just a moment. I, I would just say though, Kansas State University began designing this farm a year ago, and uh, they finished the design initially on 155 acres, uh, about halfway between Fort Riley and, and Manhattan, Kansas, where Kansas State University is only about uh, 15 miles apart, and just just on the border of Fort Riley on some buffer land. And only four miles away from Kansas State University, we had 155 acres uh, designated for the farm. And so uh-huh. we put uh, they um, they designed the whole thing. Um, there's a uh, segment that we kind of refer to as a campus, but uh, but the, the the push is to make sure that this is this is a working farm, so that when these 
folks come come onto the farm, they know that they're there to learn farming, hands-on farming. But uh-huh. there is there is a chapel. There will be lodging on the farm for all of them, and we've built that, uh, designed all that. Um, there is a, a big central building with uh, classrooms in it, a dining room, a commercial kitchen, so that um, the students can learn how to turn the things that they produce on this farm into edible, sellable food. It'll be a, a commercial kitchen. There's also um, you know, we'll have uh, we'll start out with at least 300 bee colonies. So we have a honey processing center. We have a greenhouse and three high tunnels. One is hydroponics or aquaponics. We have a center where folks can come in to pick their own. Uh, there's uh, 10 acres of orchards, 15 acres, maybe 20 acres. We're moving maybe 20 acres of produce. We have uh, 10 cow-calf pairs. We have 20, 20 uh, sheep and a ram, 20 goats and a buck. A very small swine operation to start with. Now two sows, and and uh, and um, then there'll be small horse operation and whole fleets of poultry, chickens, um, and uh, and ducks and some turkeys. And there are 10-acre plots of wheat, corn, alfalfa, soybeans, and uh, I've forgotten one. Wheat, corn, <laughs> one of the staples, soybeans and uh, milo or grain sorghum. And then yeah. about half of this 155 acres is pasture for all the livestock, and it works. It's just perfectly. But uh, when we formed our board, we have uh, Veterans Administration representatives on our board. They've been working with us, and they worked with us as we designed the farm. And they said, look, it's not big enough. <laughs> you designed it for 100-plus family members, about 150. And so we've got 400. So... We're stretching this out now to 250 acres, and the Department of Defense and um, USDA are working with us. It looks like we have that 250 acres. We haven't broken ground yet, but we're almost there. And, um, and once it's broken, um, we're, the architects tell us that it'll only take about three months now to finish the infrastructure part of part of all of it. And then they can break ground. And our hope is to have our first full class of 100 as early as January 2018. Um, oh, that's wonderful. You yeah, know, uh, I'm. A, uh, looks like the BA would be interested in, in uh, really getting involved with a program such as this because it would uh, cut their cost uh, dealing with veterans. Uh, tremendously, I could see, and uh, absolutely, uh, it, it, you know, that's uh, like preventive maintenance, <laughs> so to sure. say. But um, uh, I could see the BA getting interested in this if you get a hold of the right people. That, uh, well, they sure are. We've with. got uh, four four members. We're working primarily with the regional folks here in Kansas now. Um, in Topeka, Kansas, it's a center for post-traumatic stress disorder, so they have VA patients coming in from from all over this region, this area, from Texas to oh, Minnesota, okay. yeah. and they come in there. And as I mentioned, there's four. They they've allowed us to have four members on our board to help us design not only the facilities. I mean, we have a clinic that will have um, that will team with AgriAbility. Have you heard of that? It's a 
the USDA organization that modifies methods and equipment so that those with physical disabilities, amputations, or other limitations can farm. Um, for example, we just toured a 2,000-acre farm about 50 miles from here, um, a bunch of soldiers and veterans and I. There's a gentleman there, a veteran there, in a wheelchair. Uh, can't use yeah. his legs. And he, he gets around on that farm faster than we could. He's got special wheelchairs that are high mobility and, and he's got lifts that'll get him up in a combine on a tractor. He's got uh, special devices to help him work cattle. It's just amazing. There's not a thing that he oh. can't do on that farm. So Agrability will put a lab on this farm to help us modify equipment for people with physical disabilities. And then there's a, uh, a sizable piece of that clinic that's, uh, that's for therapists, physical therapists, psychological therapists, and marriage and family counseling also. So it's all right there on the farm, and we, they don't have to go anywhere. And the VA is excited about excited about the potential for this. Yeah. So what what we've done in the interim, um, when we first started the program, my daughter said, "Why don't we try a pilot? Let's just try some agricultural program with." Um, Soldiers from Fort Riley, Kansas, they have a warrior transition battalion there, those with post-traumatic stress or um, a brain injury are assigned to this battalion and assisted as they transition out. And so they asked uh-huh. me if I would train uh, these these uh, soldiers and some veterans also from the VA in beekeeping to see how that would work. I think a lot of people don't appreciate the fact that about a third of everything we eat is because of honeybees. <laughs> that way, a yeah. Tremend- yeah, a tremendous shortage of qualified beekeepers in the U.S. The big commercial beekeepers can't find people to work on, manage, or one day run their operations. And so you know, they got behind us and assisted us with uh, with the program. Uh, trained about 100 soldiers and veterans so far in the last three and a half years, and I've got a class of 12 right now. I'm the master beekeeper. And um, we we train them from very basic bee operations to, uh, to commercial operations. So by the time they finish, over a period of about six months, they are able to go out and run uh, a commercial operation on their own if they wish. Some uh-huh. have gone back and on their farms and and uh, have just a couple hives. Others have dozens and dozens of hives. A couple, eight of them uh, want to go work for some of these big commercial guys that have 80,000 colonies or so. And uh, so that's worked pretty well. What, what, what happened with that was just absolutely amazing. I asked, the University of Montana has the best uh, beekeeping course in the country, three level. So I require each of the students to take that course. And um, then I work with them as they go through the course to do the hands-on things as they're learning online. What we've discovered, and the VA discovered also, is that just the beekeeping part of it alone is just just uh, does amazing things for those folks that have post-traumatic stress. Um, um, by the time they're through with this course, most of them are much calmer, uh, not taking nearly as many medications, they sleep better, they're dealing with uh, their anxiety a lot better, 
And so the uh, University of Montana, along with the USDA now, has put, has put together um, a research project to try to determine what it is about beekeeping that is that is uh, so helpful for PTSD. We suspect that farming in general is going to uh, is going to show us that um, same thing that there's tremendous amount of healing in farming. So um, when we designed this farm. Um, we had a bunch of uh, soldiers and veterans <clears throat> working with us because we thought their input was valuable to how we were going to put this together. So once we got the first business plan pretty well put together and the design was finished, they said, what about us? It's going to be a few years before this farm is up and running. Uh, what can you do for us? So um, we together developed a program to start touring farms. And so every 90 days, we, we um, take a group of them. Usually there's 18 to 20, mixed group of veterans and uh, transitioning service members. And we visit 25 farms of various types. These are high-value farms, farms that are doing well. And then we have every conceivable farm organization brief them, the Farm Bureau, uh, USDA, FSA, NRCS, and CRS and um, um, farm credit, the rural centers, the farmers union. Uh, they visit all of those offices and they're briefed on it. Farm credit runs them through a strategic planning drill, how to build a strategic plan for farming. Um, we also go to co-ops and farm manufacturers and farm service agencies. So it's just amazing. By the time they finish that, they almost have an associate's degree in farming. Of um, the 82 that we've taken through those tours so far um, in the last two years, 24 of them are now out farming. That's a pretty darn good um, <laughs> return for it. Well, yes, and so, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not only the veteran uh, – you're helping a lot of veteran families too. This is, uh, I would assume that this is, uh, you know, turns into a family project, uh, which as well it should, I believe. Yeah, but uh, that's why on, on the training, when the training farm is up and running, um, uh, the family members will be part of the training. I mean, so there'll be a hundred. As it stands right now, we'll start three courses a year, and uh, there would be uh -huh. about 35, 35 veterans or service members that start each quarter, and they're family members. So when, when we train the the soldier, his, the family members will be trained right along with him if they wish, or they can do well, other things. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because many times uh, the BA only works on the veteran, and they don't take the, well, I don't know whether they don't have the work for all to do it or they just don't want to do it. But uh, I think to take care of one, you have to take care of the other. Uh, they go together. Otherwise, uh uh, as you well know, I'm sure you ended up uh, you end up with a, a disaster on your hands, uh, 
and the family's not been clued in on this, that, and uh, you know all the pertinent information they need sure. to to make a success of this. I mean, whenever mm-hmm. possible. Sometimes the yeah. spouse might work outside the, you know, uh, but there's I'm sure cases where the spouse don't. Well, I was, I was, uh, I'm getting a little older now. <laughs> Vietnam veteran, I guess everybody could understand that, but, but um, I'm still fully capable. I, I, I was born on a farm in Iowa, and then my folks moved to Minnesota, and I grew up on a farm there before I went into the army. And uh, yeah, at that, at that stage at least, there was no way you could farm without the whole family being part of it. Well, <laughs> that's true. true. Yeah, I grew up out in the country myself, and. And uh, we lived, you know, I mean, you lived on what you grew. And uh, uh, farming was just a way of life. Uh, uh, Golly, mountain cows, goats, (laughs) you did did everything you needed to do. Sure. And uh, we'll teach them. I bought that store. (laughs) (laughs) The first, uh, first three months of the training... Uh, will be general training of all types of farming. Um, even though they may think they know what kind of farming they want to go in, we're just going to introduce them to all of it. And then the the last half plus of the training will orient directly on the type of farming they want to get into. If it's row crops and if it's wheat specifically, that's what we will focus on. And, uh, and the mentor farmer that we find for them will be a wheat farmer, uh, where they can actually go live on, and uh, and one day own the farm. That's a big that's yeah. a big issue today because farms are so expensive. But, but oh um, my, and the land's yeah. expensive. Uh, you know, one idea uh, you might contact a local. Um, uh, like I do a lot of dealing with Tyler County there in uh, Nebraska, the county seats. Uh, the uh, 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 oh, that's over the uh, farming and stuff. You know, they take care of a lot of that, and they would be, they would let you know if there was any available farms that would be priced right. You could get your hands on or. Or yeah. uh, farmers, you know, that's gotten old and they can't manage their farms anymore, might jump on a situation such as this, and uh, it opened the door a lot of ways. Well, there's a couple ways. I was trying to think. Yeah. There's a couple. Of, the Farm Credit Council is willing to work with us and put together some loan packages that are are. Um, Um, would fit this program very well. What we've discovered Uh in talking with a lot of farmers is that they would be willing to put together a contract that would allow the veteran to come on the farm and lease it or rent it so you would have a lease to own or a rent to own so that if there are children and they wish to get their legacy out of the farm, then the rental or the lease payments over a number of years would would go to them all, they could split that up as their legacy. And uh, some of the terms we've been able to put together 
can get um, can get those individuals into an ownership position of the farm within 15 years. Some of them would be 25, maybe even 30 years, just like a conventional home mortgage. But in the end, they would own that farm. And in the meantime, yeah. it's theirs. It's theirs to manage and run, and uh, and function with. And most of them are willing to uh, set up a payment schedule, a rent lease schedule schedule that is flexible so that if uh, it's not a good year, the payments are less. But if it's a good year, then slightly more. Yeah. Uh, I think on ours there in Nebraska, we did on the shares. The uh, 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 guy that does the farming, he keeps a percentage, and then we get the other. Right, so... And, and, pretty much the and, same, and it'd be pretty much the same way. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we work through the county seat there, and it works out just perfect. But uh, uh, yeah, I can see that that would be the, in my opinion, the right approach because that way you have you wouldn't really have a lot of upfront expense other than getting your equipment fired up and going right right and since the and since they're going out to an existing farm uh, the equipment's already there and and uh, they're ready to go to yeah. work almost sure. immediately and, and, sure. yeah in some cases you're right yeah. uh, let me give people a call in number here if we have any questions or comments uh, folks if you're out there listening uh uh, here's our call-in number. It's 347-237-4819. Now, uh, feel free to call in and give us a question or comment, and we'll get it answered for you. That number, once again, is 347-237-4819. So give us a call, and... uh, uh, we'll try to uh, take care of your questions uh, if, if you have any. Uh, go on, Gary. Uh, you know, this sure. is a very interesting program you have here. This is something that uh, I can see really working. Um, now, oh, it's too bad it's not nationwide right now, but I could see it going nationwide. Oh, I think so. What was interesting, last year, um, the President's Council on Rural Affairs sent a team out to all the land-grant universities to look for the uh, best programs that were bringing new and younger um, people into farming. And so uh, they asked me to brief them when they were here, and I did so. And surprisingly, last uh, last, um, fall, I guess it was just before Christmas last year, I got a phone call that said, we want you to come to the White House uh, the first week of February to brief this program because we found your program to be the best in the country. So I, I <laughs> got an airplane, flew back there and briefed it, and that that just turned out very well. And then, then um, as a result of that, the uh, the uh, chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee for Agriculture, who happens to be from Kansas, Senator Jerry Moran, uh, called and said, I want you to come back and brief the Senate Appropriations Committee on Agriculture on this program. Lay it all out. Tell them what you need uh, to make this happen. And so on the 5th of April, I took one of the soldiers I'm working with. He's a, 
now a retired um, warrant officer, pilot, helicopter pilot, who had some significant issues. Um, it took took him along. He's now farming on 280 acres up in Minnesota. So I thought it would be a good idea to take someone who had been a success in our program, even though it's an interim program now. And it turned out really well. I mean, we, we uh, talked to that committee for about two and a half hours, answered all their questions, and it's uh, resulted in two appropriations in the 2017 budget for us, um, one for um, $2.5 million that's focusing on uh, farm training that includes therapy for those veterans that, that need therapy. And then there is a separate $5 million appropriation directly to the Secretary of Agriculture for uh, veteran and transitioning military training farms um, that include therapy. And so uh, the, the $7.5 million was appropriated just for this, this same farm. That, that was a, a wonderful thing. That was an answered prayer for me. <laughs> yeah. oh, the, oh, I hear that. The, uh, the uh, fact is we get, we'll have to wait for the 2017 budget to be passed before that, those dollars can come. But in the meantime, um, the land that we're looking for will be purchased for us. Um, we've already have a number of donors who said that they will help with buildings, with cattle, with seed, with farm equipment. And so once that land, uh, once we have that land, and we think that's going to happen here pretty quickly, uh, we'll be able to launch into this thing in a hurry. We're going to build a program that will start almost immediately. Um, Probably open it up to... What you've set up here is a uh, a self-funding organization. I mean, it it can become a self-funding organization, and uh, uh, thereby in the future you may not need so much uh, grant money or donations. You know what have you? That's true. When we uh, when we put our budget together, it looks like. Um, of course, the bigger cost is right up front, the equipment and the facilities and so forth, um, the capital costs. But when we put our operating budget together and begin to um, um, lay out what this farm would be able to create in, in terms of um, income from produce and cattle and forage, and you're not going to make much on a 10-acre crop, but um, no. but all of those things – and the income we would get through the, through the clinic should make this self-sufficient. Our hope is that by the third year, we would be able to bring these students aboard with no tuition costs whatsoever. We've, mm-hmm. we've set it up so that the GI Bill can be used to help us up front. Uh, and the tuition assistance, the military's tuition assistance program, and the V's occupational uh, ther- therapy program. They have a program where they will fund... Uh, training like this and so initially at least those funds uh, will will assist the veterans and soldiers in getting into the course but once we get this up and running fully we'll think we think we'll be able to offer it free we also can pay the students even under the gi bill for the work they do Uh we can pay them an nominal amount there's a there's a clause in the gi bill that says if in the course of education um, the student works, 
it's okay for the organization to pay them a stipend, an hourly rate, to help them offset their own personal expenses. So, um, so that's what we intend to do also. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Sure. I know when I uh, went to school uh, on the GI Bill, they, uh, of course, I had a full-time job, but uh, as long as I took so many hours, I think at that time it was 12 hours. I don't know what it is now, but uh, applied for the GI Bill. Yeah, there is... um and then the GI Bill, of course, has uh, has there's an additional amount in there for housing and expenses other than just tuition. So, yeah. uh, so our, our hope would be that um, the veterans and military folks that come aren't going to have to take any money out of pocket at all to get through this course, and in fact uh, could come out on the other end without uh, without debt and um, and without having to have um, had spent any money of theirs out of pocket for the course while they're there. Well, that's a good deal because I imagine most veterans that would contact you are, uh, are probably already strapped. <laughs> you know, uh, they're in a bad way and they need something, and let's give them some kind of hope and and uh, 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 and a future to look for. Uh, you know. Sure. I don't know how you can beat this program. This is really good way you have it structured anyway. And, well, we've uh, got some learning to do, but I think we, we're learning every day. And um, and uh, with our vision to get our vision to help veterans, to help them find purpose, to help them find um, a way of life that's uh, that's really satisfying. I. I when we uh, do our farm tours, we always start at a farm just north of where I live here, just a few few miles north. And there, it's run by it's a cow calf operation run by Terry Zimmerman. He's a retired Army officer, helicopter pilot, two times in Iraq, two two tours in Afghanistan. Then he went back as a civilian and flew helicopters in Afghanistan. Uh-huh. He has a cow calf operation with about 150 head, and we always visit there first. And the group of soldiers, and I think there's a picture on our website of them, but but um, he always tells the soldiers right up front, he said, there is just, he said, you will just not find a better way to gain peace of mind. You will not find anything more satisfying. You will not find a better way to heal. You will just not find a better way of life. And uh, he had some fairly significant post-traumatic stress problems. He doesn't uh-huh. much anymore. And uh, he just loves what he's doing up there. And he's, well, he's personally great. has started four of these soldiers and in, in mentored them in cow-calf operations. And, and uh, they're out there now, the four that he started that's part of our group, out there with their own operations and doing well. So, well, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, job, you know, as far as a job, can see a, a, a someone working a farm, a big, uh, you know, be constant labor. You wouldn't have to worry about getting laid off. I mean, you have bad snow days and this and that. It's hard to get out. But uh, overall, 
people's going to eat every day. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and you're, you're really you your only go boss. to a doctor. Yeah. You, <laughs> well, I don't know. It, I guess, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, like I said, you can kind of work at your own pace. Sometimes you have to hustle, and other times you can just take it easy and enjoy it. Uh, sure. Uh, but uh, you're always going to have something to do on a farm. Oh, yes, right. that's for sure. Ain't no getting around that. Uh, nope. And people need food, so, uh, you know, you may go to the doctor once in a while, but people eat every day. Yeah, and, and what, uh, what um, uh, I think there's a, there's a uh, there's some thoughts out there across the country that farming is a good way to go broke. <laughs> When I first brought this up to um, the occupational <laughs> therapist and specialist at Fort Riley and the VA, their first thought was, well, why would you ever want to introduce a veteran or a soldier to farming? It's the best way to lose your, lose your, lose your shirt. Well, that's just not true. And so the farms that we tour, we make sure that we take them to farms that are successful, and they hear directly from the farmer about how they farm and why they're successful. And then when Farm Credit takes them through the the uh, business planning uh, program, uh, they ha- it helps them to see where some of the pitfalls are, how to get around them. Of course, they can't they can't control the market. You know, right now the cattle market and the wheat market is down. But those those can almost you know that over a number of years of farm cycle, you're going to have up years and down years, and so they're yeah, taught. Yeah, um, they're taught. They're taught how I know. to Don't they have a conservation agent that comes out and will work with uh, farmers? You know. Yes, uh, there are there are several of them. The Farm Service Agency of USDA has advisors. That I will, I think yeah, yeah, yeah they'll work I, with you. And then and, every uh, county, every county has extension agents also. That's, That's uh, from the land land grant university, and they they're a wealth of knowledge, just a wealth uh, of knowledge. Yeah, mm-hmm. they help guide you along. Yeah. Say, look, uh, we're predicting soybeans uh, not the thing to plant next year, <laughs> or yep. or right. wheat or whatever the kind of buys you, and uh, you know, like you say. Uh, you can have bad years and good years, and and uh, but, uh, but overall, it's still to me if if managed properly, uh, you can do good on a farm. Yes, you can. Um, one of the things we hear from the farmers we visit too is that the internet today. There's so much more information available now than there was just a couple of decades ago. And of course, we didn't have any of that when I was growing up, but uh, but um, now the internet puts information at your fingertips instantaneously, and so they said that's just been a major help to them uh, to to learn how to compensate for um, the different issues that they might face out there. So. Um, they can do well, that's for sure. They can do very well. And the ones that – I stay in touch with most all of those whom I've trained um, and who have worked in our program, 
and uh, some of them are really doing quite well. They're, they're surprising themselves. They were a little afraid when they first got into it that that uh, their newness might not um, enable them to get along well. But what they're finding is that uh, with the right with the right business plan, um, they can get along very well. And what all of them say is they're, they're happier than they thought they would ever be at this stage in their life. They're independent. I yeah, independent, out working things, making things grow, working with life instead of instead of uh, the military culture of learning how to take life. They're, uh, they just find it find it really inspiring. And yeah. and two, you have an organization here where um, you know individuals can feed off each other. I mean, you know, uh, if. If someone gets down down and out or something, someone can come in there and uh, I'm sure would work with them, help them get back on their feet. Uh, uh, different things like that because you got a pool of people, of individuals you can pull on. Sure, and that's exactly what we intend to do. Every person that comes through our course becomes part of a brotherhood or a sisterhood. Yes, and, uh, yes. Ooh supporting one another and working together to help them through thick and thin, you know. Sure. Because uh, I, I know when I was growing up, uh, anyone got down, you know, everybody just pitched in and and uh, would, you know, donate a little bit of time each and, you know, kept things flowing for them. Secretary of Agriculture has assigned a, a deputy undersecretary to the project, and I work pretty closely with him. And uh, he's uh-huh. given us all sorts of good advice. So we've got the support of of um, a lot of people here, starting with the USDA right at the top, and um, and we've got uh, soldiers, veterans, farmers call every day. Uh, on our website, there is a video, <laughs> and it was put together by a student at Kansas State University, just a simple little video, and it's uh, a video of, of two soldiers that I'm training and myself out on a farm uh, where the, where this where this training farm was, was designed, and both of them talk about what the program means to them and how valuable it is to them, and I talk a bit about the program also. Well, that got picked up by a um, it was just run locally here on the Kansas State University network it got picked up by a rural free um, delivery I think it's called or it's a rural farm network in Nashville Tennessee and they played that on TV stations and radio stations from from Colorado to West Virginia Minnesota all the way down to Oklahoma all the states in there so all of a sudden our phones started ringing <laughs> It was amazing um, with all the support that we got from veterans and soldiers and, and service members who wanted to get into the farm, uh, from farmers who said, send me a veteran. We w- would love to have a veteran go to work out here and one day on this farm, and from organizations the same way. Then it got picked up in Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama, and all the way across the state of California. And what was good about that, even though we don't have the farm running yet, it's an indication of the demand for it. There are thousands of soldiers and veterans and service members that would like to come to the farm. 
So um, we got a little free media support there. I can really see there. that. <laughs> yeah. I think you be, become overwhelmed uh, if you're not overwhelmed already before you know it. Uh, I mean, it just don't take too much serious thinking to know what a benefit this is uh, for veterans. Um, I think, have you I contacted think, uh, the Military Times and, and did an article with them? I haven't yet. Um, um, we, we've yeah, been, uh, we've people, been in... Yeah. I'm sure they would pick up on that. Yeah, the Army sure. Air Force Times and uh, all those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we probably should, yeah. and one day we will. We have, a, we have a board of directors that has a lot of really good people on it. We have a... Uh-huh. I, I serve as president and, and, ch- and chief operating officer, but our our um, board of directors, ch- the chair of our board, is a retired three-star general. Um, and we have a uh, two. He's Army, a two-star Air Force general, and a one-star Army general. And then we have five colonels. I'm one of them. That represent all five services. We have eight professors from Kansas State University, uh, top top-line professors. We have series of farmers, um, good farmers. We have the president of the Farmers Union um, uh, and executives from Farm Bureau, Farm Credit, and the rural centers. Um, VA representatives on our board, that's really, really unique, and some U.S. Army uh, representatives on the board active duty. So if we can't get this thing done, nobody can. Oh, oh <laughs> I'll tell you. You got the uh, just deck stack. <laughs> yeah, just the, just the passion that, that these guys have for helping veterans and transitioning military. We just owe them so much, you know. I I came out of Vietnam on a litter a couple times, and um, I know what these folks go through, and I know what they go through once they get back from all that. And so uh-huh. I just I will just I have a passion for helping those folks out. We we just owe it to them. So, well, I'm so happy we've been able to have you on the show today because uh, Haddit has uh, nearly 15,000 members, and and uh, I'm sure you may be hearing from some of them. Well, uh, I hope so. You, uh, <laughs> all all of my contact information is right at the that website www.thesavefarm.org, and there's a contact us on there. And um, and even the white paper that we put together for the um, uh, congressional committee on agriculture the, uh, is on there, so you can see we haven't hidden anything. Um, it's yeah. all there. One thing we want to do is have everything up front, so so people over time will be able to see precisely what we're doing and what's what it's costing us, what we're spending, how we're spending it, and uh, we're going to make all that. Available right on the website. Nothing, nothing going to be hidden so here. So you'll be very transparent then. Yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. We sure but, will be. Uh, the the program and you know I've been telling my, I had some grandkids in college and I've been telling them you ought to go into agriculture. Uh, I have one granddaughter. She was microbiologist as she graduated now, but. Uh, and I told her, I said, you need to get a secondary, at least in microbiology, because she was going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> oh. 
and and I didn't realize they would. I, I knew the farming community had fell off drastically because uh, they just don't want to work on farms. And, That's true. Uh, uh, and but I didn't realize that they'd they'd fell off so much. Uh, uh, needing a, a million farmers, extra, you know, more farmers, and, and I can I can actually see that, uh, but I didn't believe it was that much. That's, yeah, that's that was a lot. Uh, the USDA said that in the next 15 years we really need a million new farmers, and and I, I uh, believe it. I believe yeah. it because I've been following the farm community pretty close, and sure, and. Uh, I'm astonished why more younger people are not getting in it, uh, and they're just not. But maybe uh, veterans come along, they'll take up slack, I'll guarantee you, once you get them fired up. I think so. Well, just uh, uh, we toured um, uh, an equipment uh, sales facility, and the salesman was telling the group of uh, veterans that when we were touring there, he said, well, you know, just this just this combine in front of us, he said, uh, you'd probably have to have about a two-week course in how to, how to, how to run that combine. And one of the helicopter pilots there um, said, gee, can I go up there? Just show me how that works. With, within, within an hour, he was driving that combine all around, <laughs> drove it up to a header, <laughs> put the header on. <laughs> so these yeah. are capable, good, smart young <laughs> folks who can learn fast. Yeah. Yes, they are. Uh, yes, yep. they are. Uh, yeah, and, and once you once they have an incentive to do something, uh, they get her done. That's a That's good thing sure. working with with veterans and and uh, you're talking about good people, and it's a shame that uh, 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 the government hasn't done better by them, but. You know, a program such as this kind of helps a lot, and maybe the VA will pick up on it and uh, uh, become uh, extra supportive. I can see it being actually money in the bank. I mean, you're cutting down on the the medical expense tremendously. Sure. Just yesterday I had a meeting with... uh, with uh, the leadership of the VA in this whole region, and they said almost the same words you said. We spent uh, two and a half hours, almost two hours, working through um, how this clinic is going to run and how we're going to integrate therapy into the training program. So they see it. Uh-huh. That's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, that is a good thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, you know, they, uh, I think it benefit them to... Uh, Put some uh, training centers throughout the country, but uh, anyway, it looks like you're going to get that. <laughs> That's what our hope is. That's what our hope and prayer is. <laughs> well, Gary, uh, we are literally out of time. You want to give uh, name me your organization again and your website and phone number? Sure, sure. Uh, and again, my name and phone number and address. Uh, and um, even my personal email or my email is right on that website. It's www.thesavefarm, T-H-E-S-A-V-E-F-A-R-M.org. And uh, 
welcome to call me and uh, keep abreast of where we're going on that website and and uh, love to share whatever information I have with you openly and forthrightly and any ideas and recommendations are welcome also. Well, with that, I want to thank you for coming on the broadcast, and I hope this is not the last one, because uh, we'd like to get an update now and then of how you're progressing, and if there's anything we can do here at Haddit, uh to help you out, let us know. Uh, I think oh. we'll uh, get, get, try to get your website there on posted on Haddit, and... Uh, uh, by golly, wish you all the luck in the world. Uh, thank you, Gerald. Program. So, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to folks out there too. I oh, uh, appreciate it's only that been very much. Uh, and we'll have you on again. I'll share you. I'll be okay. Okay. Thank I'm you very much. Update. I'm going to stay updated. There uh, had it. We have. Like I said, nearly 15,000 members, and we're growing every day. I can't keep up with membership. And uh, there's a lot of them with PTSD that this program might just fit in with, you know. Well, I'm one Uh, of those guys. (laughs) And I can can just tell them that this this program and programs like it will help them greatly. Oh, I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, so with that, uh, this will be Gerald Cook. We'll be signing off for now. Now let me show ending. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show. Okay, okay, I guess we're finished. We're finished. Thanks a lot, Okay, thanks, thanks again, Gerald. I'll, uh, I look forward to working with you in the future. Oh, yeah, it'd be my pleasure. I mean, I'm... Yep. I'm a firm believer in this. If I was able, I'd be out farming, I'll guarantee you. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk to you later. Have a good week. Okay. And you too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Show ending. Didn't I just do that? End episode.